following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. How are y'all doing today? Y'all awake? I see you think we're going to turn this church into a movie house. Some of you are saying, I'm fixing to go to another church. That's what I'm fixing to do. No, no, you need to hang around. Because the Lord used parables. He used parables in teaching. And we're going to go into some things and pull things out of some great, great movies in the next five weeks after, after next Sunday. We're going to pull some things out. And you're going to be blessed like you have never been blessed before. It's time to bring family and friends. It's time to bring all kinds of people to the house of the Lord because we're going to have a wonderful five weeks in the month of November and the first, month of, uh, first Sunday in December. And you want, to, you want to be a part of that. We have invitation cards printed up for you to go and invite people. Don't take them if you're going to throw them away. Take them and pass them out. Invite people. I promise you it will introduce people to this church in a beautiful way. We're going to have a great, great time. Everybody say amen to that. Now, today is a very special day for the church. Uh, one of our sweet sisters has taken her trip home. And she passed on Wednesday afternoon. Pastor Reed and I went out to be with her and her family on Wednesday. We prayed with her that God would go ahead and do what he had come to do. I knew that the angels of the Lord were ready to take her home. And we'd been gone about 30 minutes. I got a call, and Sister Faye Short <clears throat> made the journey. She made the step from this life to the next life. And we honor her today. We honor her life and her love and her legacy. They've been a part of this church since before I came here. I, was, uh, I became pastor in 1990, and they, uh, they were here before me. But I'm so honored to be able to do her funeral. It is today at 2.30. So if you want to come back at 2.30, we're going to have viewing from 2 to 2.30. Our last service gets over about 1.10, and so we're going to have a quick turnaround and how the funeral here, the family wanted it here. They have kin folks that live all the way up in Pennsylvania that need to get home. And they've been with her for a long, long time because she stayed in, in a hospice con- condition for a long, long time. But she took, she took her trip, and we're happy for that. And we're going to honor her, have her home going this afternoon at 2.30. Amen. One other thing I want to tell you before I get started is that uh, y'all are awesome people. You really are. And if you're a guest here today, we honor you because you are a first-time guest, second-time guest. If you're a second-time guest, that means you kind of liked us, so you want to come back and share with us again. It is a, it's a busy time of the year. I, I always forget that September and October are the time when people with the money go on vacations because <laughs> they don't have kids anymore to spend all their money. And so it's the older adults that don't have kids in school, and they say, wow, we're going to get out of Dodge And so we've got a lot of great people on vacation, and I'm cool with it because one of these days I'm going to take a vacation too. Amen. It's going to be all right, isn't it? It's going to be cool. All right. Would you stand to your feet? You're awesome people. I love you very, very much. We're speaking today on a subject that I call dot, 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 receive, exclamation point. Dot, 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 receive, exclamation point. And we're going to be referencing Matthew chapter 14. We're not going to take time to read the text. But we will share the story in depth with you as we preach this gospel today. But before I get started, I like to to tell something funny. I enjoy that. So a man was traveling around the United States visiting churches, and he went up north, and and he went into a church, and they had a phone in the foyer that said, long distance calls to heaven, $10,000. Give to the secretary. 
And he said, wow. So he goes to another church up north, and it's the same thing. Long distance calls to heaven, $10,000. And so he said, man, if there's such a thing, it's going to be costly to talk to somebody in heaven. So he keeps traveling, comes down, and finally comes to Texas. And he walks into church, and he sees a phone in the foyer, and it said, long distance calls to heaven, 25 cents. And he goes to the pastor, and he said, I've been to churches where it's $10,000. And he said, yeah, but in Texas, it's a local call to heaven. (laughs) That's cute. I don't care who you are. (laughs) If you didn't laugh at that, you are a grumpy. I'd hate to be around you at Christmas. (laughs) You are a grumpy. You're a grumpy, dumpy nut. Everybody say receive. 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 Wednesday night, we're doing... You asked for it, and so Wednesday night, I'm going to do a a subject on how do you know that you're saved? That's a question that's come. How do I know that I am saved? And we're going to talk about that Wednesday night, and I'm going to give you some beautiful points on how to know that you know that you are a saved person in the kingdom of God. Isn't that a great thing to know? Isn't that a great thing to know? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to help the pastor today, and you may be seated. God bless your awesome people. In all the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the miracle I will speak about today is prevalent. See, not all miracles are mentioned by all four writers, but the ones which draw the most attention somehow get my attention as to why they were written by all four, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. See, a miracle is a miracle. And there are, according to history, over 100 that Jesus performed on this earth. Miracles of sight restored. Miracles of dead raised. Miracles of paralyzed people getting up and walking. Miracles of hearing. Miracles of speech. Miracles of lameness. Demons being driven out. And the list goes on and on. And three, three intrigue me. Three miracles intrigue me. One is the first one that he ever performed, the miracle of turning water to wine. Because it wasn't a necessary miracle, not even a needed miracle. It was really just poor planning by some people that were having a wedding. And Jesus comes to the rescue because his mom sicks him on what he needs to do. And the last being one of his last, not counting the resurrection. A healing of of an ear of a man called Malchus who was the high priest's servant. In the garden, was he protecting one of his disciples in the miracle because Pete had swung his sword and cut the man's ear off? Or was it a healing of a non-believer? It's a human question. I think I have them both, both the first and the last figured out, but that's for another day, another time of ministry. But David did say in Psalms 34, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. I want to tell you that God wants people not only to hear, but he wants people to be glad about what they're hearing in their life. Amen? I said three. And the third is what we're going to talk about today in Matthew chapter 14, the feeding of the 5,000. Not only is it Matthew 14, in Mark, it's in Mark 6, it's in Luke 9, it's in John 6. And there's a message that's far deeper yet simpler than what most people observe in these passages. 
I've always thought, folks, that the feeding of the 5,000 was about a lad and a lunch and some leftovers. And although it may contain all of those elements, the real lesson is in something far closer to the heart of God than lads and lunches and leftovers. Matthew speaks of John the Baptist's death. It took its toll on Jesus and his twelve. The memory of John had fallen on the twelve's shoulder, and the mantle of John had fallen squarely on Jesus' shoulder. Both the twelve and Jesus felt in their spirit something was about to change. Because the prophet of the law that had introduced grace was now gone. And the messenger of grace, Jesus, that came to fulfill the law was now here. And the twelve felt a change coming. May I stop and suggest something to you. As the fall of this year has come to us, 2018, I feel a change coming in our world. You don't have to say amen to that, but at least give me a Baptist nod. It's dark. I feel a change coming in our church that's very unique because we're a light set on a hill, a city that cannot be hid. I feel a change coming to your family that's going to be very special. For you see, the darker the night, the brighter the light. I do not want to be a pastor that preaches to those external things that are around me, but I want to preach what's coming out of me. I must be guided, not by circumstances but his direction that is in me. So I feel a personal appeal to the church today, one that talks to you and ministers to you and sends grace to you. I really do. There is a, there is a fall of your, this is the fall of your breakout, your healing, your deliverance, your passion fulfilled. I want to declare something and say it three times like Winston Churchill said, never give up. I want to declare grace is here. Amen. Everybody say grace is here. Say it again, grace is here. In fact, you ought to read Zechariah chapter 4 sometime. He said in verse 7, Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plain. You're not going to be a mountain any longer, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof. In other words, we're going to put a headstone that the mountain has died and a plain has been created, crying grace, grace unto it. I declare to this congregation that sometimes you have to shout some things in your life. You have to declare some things in your life. You have to exalt some things in your life. You need to give grace a chance this fall at Christian Life Church. The fall of 2018 is harvest time. Hallelujah. Reaping things God has promised to us, and we need to be reaping those things. But the Bible also declares that the plowman shall overtake the reaper, beginning some new things that are being planted in your life. So here's what Jesus did. He departed to the desert with his 12 to have a time to meditate. I need to say to the church, I really do, I need to say to the church, there must be times that we withdraw from the stuff of this world. And get alone with Jesus in a separate place. Some things that can only be accomplished when we get alone with Jesus Christ. Now I love meditation time and I have a lot of it. I meditate a lot. I read my word and I read books a lot. But the disciples never asked Jesus, Lord, teach us how to meditate. But they did ask him to teach us how to pray. How long has it been since some of you have just prayed to your heavenly father? Without petitioning him, without asking him for anything, just praying and say, wow, 
I think you're a cool big daddy up there. I think you're awesome. And I want to declare how awesome you are to me. And I want to declare how great you are in my life. And I want to declare that you are a mighty God and an everlasting Father. And you are the Prince of Peace. And there's none like you in all the earth. And I love you with everything that's in me. Are you going to ask me anything? No, not today, Lord. I just want to tell you how awesome you are, how great you are. It's an awesome thing to love a God just like you. Oh, hallelujah. No petition, just prayer. Let me mention three M's today. I want to talk about a moment. Everybody say a moment. I want to talk about a miracle. Everybody say a miracle. I want to talk about a message. Everybody say a message. There's several moments. You know, there's two words in the Bible for time that are Greek words. One is chronos, which is time run by the calendar or by the clock. It's, it's months, it's years, it's days, it's hours, it's minutes. It's chronos time. It's physical time. And the other time, is, uh, other time in the Greek word is a word called charis, K-A-I-R-O-S, in which it is moments in life. Moments that you have in life. That just kind of take your breath away. It's those aha moments. It's those epiphanies. It's those things that make you say, wow, God's mighty close to me right now. I feel something. You know, the people that came to talk to Job when he was going through his tribulation and trials, one of them said, man, my hair stood on end last night. Another said, boy, I had goosebumps. How are you feeling, Job? It's not all about the goosebumps. It's not all about your hair standing on end. But there are times that you know. You just know that God's close to you. Am I talking to anybody right now? You know he's tapping you on the shoulder. And, and, and so there's several moments in the New Testament. There's several charises. There's what I call fog-clearing moments. In Matthew chapter 7, most of us live in a fog when it comes to questions like who is God and what is God like and how does God interact with human life. And Jesus talked about it in Matthew 7. He said, you know what? You don't need to judge lest you be judged. You don't need to try to get the speck out of your neighbor's eye when you've got a log in your own eye. And the moat and the beam mentality is taught, and we can't see as we need to see because we've got a log in our eye. And God, clear the fog of our life. Let us see you as we need to see you. I want to see God today as I need to see God today. We need to have that moment in our life. Another moment in life is what we call the hard moments. I had a couple of them this week. When Faith Short passed, it hurt. And then I got a call Thursday morning from Portland, Oregon. Uh, 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 Lee Garcia's son, 35 years old, left this life. And it was, it was tragic. It was a tragic passing. But here I am today. I've had two of those moments. But, but Paul said in Philippians, we are handicapped. I mean, 2 Corinthians, we're handicapped on all sides, but we're never frustrated. We're puzzled, but we're never in despair. We're persecuted, but we have to stand, but never have to stand it alone. We're knocked down, but we are never knocked out. Aren't you glad to know that when the hard times come, there's a God that is standing right there with us? I'm trying to get somebody to receive something today. It's called receive today. I'm going to pass you something. I want you to catch it and run the race. Amen? It's time to do it. And the third one is a Romans 7's moment. Romans 7, Paul stated, For I do not do the good that I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. We humans, beings, have just enough, though, of what Paul calls that inner self or that true self what Isaiah called the still small voice to know what we should do. But many times we lack the ability to actually do what we need to do. 
And then there's what I call defining moments. Simeon at the temple had a defining moment one day when he wanted to see the Lord before he died. And he saw him and he held him and he blessed him and he departed. Here's what I want to declare. I'd like for every one of this people in this church to have a defining moment in your life. I would like for you to see God doing something awesome in your life. And you just stand back in awe and say, wow, I can go to heaven now. I've seen the Lord work in my life. I'm declaring to you right now, my faith is so great for this church right now that God is going to give you a defining moment in your life in the very near future. You're going to step back and say, I know that I know that I know that he's God in my life and I can serve him. And then there's those transforming moments. Matthew 17 talked about it when Peter, James, and John went to the top of the Mount of Transfiguration. And that happens when a person is changed forever by what they experience. Those guys were never the same when they came down because when they saw the Lord's garment glistering and glistening, they realized that He was a mighty God. He was an awesome Savior. He was something special in their life. And all of us need that change in our life. And then there's those most exciting moments. Philippians 1.21, Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And I think that's one of the most exciting moments you could ever have because it's discovering your purpose. And when you discover what you're here for, when you discover what God has placed you here for, you can get excited and say, you know what? I don't care what happens to me. I don't care what comes against me. I've learned to live is Christ and to die is gain. I have found my purpose. I'm going to live because Christ lives in me. Can you clap your hands and rejoice to that because it's discovering what you're meant to do. And then the most exciting moment, the most exciting moment, amen, is discovering your purpose. And then the powerful moment I'm going to talk about today is that change in your life. That change in your life, the calling of the Lord to you to be a follower of him. See, John's in prison in in Matthew chapter 4, and and, uh, Jesus went out when he heard that John was in prison. Read Read the chapter. When he heard he was in prison, he goes out, and he finds four disciples. He finds Peter. Everybody say Peter. He finds Andrew. Say Andrew. He finds John, and he finds James. That's four pretty good first round draft choices. Amen. He finds the man that's going to be the first spokesman for the church. He finds the man that's going to pastor the largest church in all of Asia, in Jerusalem. He finds the man that's going to write the revelation of Jesus Christ, John the Beloved. Hallelujah. And he finds the greatest soul winner that ever walked in paper on the books of the Word of God. He finds those men. And that's who Jesus declares that he went out and got. And then in John chapter 14, the Bible said John is beheaded. Now, In chapter 4, he goes and finds disciples. In chapter 14, he's got 12 now, and he takes those disciples because they're weary, they're tired, they're frustrated with John's passing. In fact, the Bible said when they heard that John was beheaded, they went and took his body and buried it and came and told Jesus. And the moment they told Jesus about John's passing, he said, come with me, boys. I'm going to take you away to a desert place, and I'm going to share with you. There comes times in your life that you need to separate from all the stuff You just got to separate from it. I know this is not hallelujah preaching, but you got to separate from all that stuff. And you got to get a hold of Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I need some strength in my life. I need some courage in my life because I got a lot of moments in my life and some are good and some are not so good. But I want to have something great in my life from you. You know what I discovered the other day in study? I discovered that Jesus went to the wilderness and was tempted by Satan. 
I discovered that. And it probably was close to the same place that Satan tempted him that he brought his disciples and said, I'm going to bless you. I declare to you that Jesus will not put you in something that he hadn't been there himself. He will take care of you no matter what the temptation is, no matter what desert you're in today, no matter what situation you're facing today. He is a God that will be there for you in your time of need. Somebody say amen to that. And so they take some away to this desert. The call of Christ is a powerful one. Larry Burkett. Use an analogy of the Pony Express for a few years in the Wild West. The mail was dispatched across the country by a relay system known as the Pony Express. And occasionally an express rider would be attacked by Indians. And we've seen a lot of old cowboy movies where that happened. Because this big mount was stronger than the Indian ponies. And the rider could spur his horse to gallop and outrun the attackers before the horse would tire. And the scenario wasn't repeated too many times before the Indians... Got, 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 got wise to it and changed their plan of attack. Realizing they couldn't outrun the express rider, they wisely stationed some of their number every few miles along the route. And just when the rider, the horse rider, the, the pony express rider had outrun the first group of attackers, the second band would appear, causing him to spur his horse on without rest. And the tactic was repeated until at last the rider's horse would collapse from exhaustion. And sometimes we're like those pony express horses, not the rider, but the horse. We get in a crisis, and then there comes another crisis. There's a child in trouble at school, or it's an aging parent that needs their attention, or it's a flood that comes very close to ruining all that you have worked for. It's an unhappy client. It's an expensive car repair. It's one stressful thing after another, and there's no rest for the weary, we say, and that is so unless we know how to get away with Jesus. Amen. Withdraw and share moments in our day with him. So if David took seven praise breaks a day as king of Israel, I need to say every now and then, time out, world. I'm going to go talk with Jesus a little while. Time out, world. I'm going to go talk to Jesus. One evening, several years ago, a speaker from another country had come to America to talk and to speak to our Congress. And he entered a phone booth here in America, and he found it to be different from those in his own country. It was beginning to get dark, so he had difficulty finding the number in the directory. And he noticed that there was a light in the ceiling, but he didn't know how to turn it on. As he tried again to find the number in the fading twilight, a passerby noted his plight and said, Sir, if you want to turn the light on inside the phone booth, you have to shut the door. (sighs) There's too many people that's opened doors to everything in your life. You've got to sometime in your life close the door behind you and get alone with Jesus and the light will come on and you'll understand that there's nothing. Come on, First Church. Let's have church here a little bit this morning. There's nothing that God will not help you with in your hour of need. He will help you. He will help you. Close the door to the world. And get alone with Jesus, a light will come on. And so let me, let, me, let me preach. So it was in this moment in Matthew 14 that the miracle came. Miracles always come out of moments with the master. And the crowds found Jesus, and he was moved by them in that desert place. The Bible said he had compassion on them, and Jesus healed many of them. 
And Jesus, realizing that the hour was mealtime, encouraged the disciples to go buy something. Philip, go buy something for them to eat. And Philip said, Lord, all we have is 200 penny worth, and it's all we have. And what's that against so many? And while Philip was arguing, Andrew, one of the first four that was called, was looking. He was searching. And he found a lad with a lunch. <laughs> that lad came prepared to be with Jesus all day long. He brought lunch. He had five barley cakes and two small sardine fish. But it doesn't take a lot for Jesus to fix you up. And he brought the lad's lunch to Jesus. And Jesus blessed it. And he broke it. And he multiplied it. And he divided the lunch. And it filled all the people. And everyone was fed, full, and satisfied. And still much food remained. He said, pick up the remains. Because God don't ever want anything that he's ever blessed to be wasted on the ground. He wants everything that's touched him to be lifted off the ground and saved. Amen. And he wants you to be lifted off of your trouble and be saved. He wants you to come close to him and be saved. He don't want you to go through crisis after crisis. We need to get alone with him and see what he can do with us in a desert place with him. And that, my friend, is a miracle worth preaching about because there were 12 basketfuls gathered. Probably close to 20,000 people were fed that day. So they had a moment with him. They had a miracle. And then the message. Jesus said a little later, I am the bread that, come down, that comes down from heaven. Moses did not give you bread, but God sent it. And I am the bread that God has sent down from heaven for you. Everybody say, Jesus, Jesus. is the bread. Jesus. Jesus is the bread. They said, Lord, we're going to eat your flesh. They didn't understand what it really meant. See, I, I want you to understand something. You eat this bread, he said, and you'll never hunger. Here's the first message. Jesus did not do this miracle to make people awe over him. He didn't do a miracle because when he did miracles, he said, don't go tell anybody. Just go, and, just go home and rejoice that you have been healed. Don't go tell anybody. Don't broadcast this. He's not, he, wasn't in, he wasn't running for president of Jerusalem. He wasn't, it, wasn't fall, it wasn't a fall campaign for him like you see on TV with everybody. By the way, side note, get out and vote. Amen. Get out and vote. We Christians need to get out and vote. Come on, go vote. Go vote in the polls. Come on, clap your hands. Say, that's good stuff. I'm not going to tell you how to vote. Pray and ask God to tell you how to vote. He wanted to show that he was the daily bread. We pray about in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. That's the third petition. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day. I fed you today. I gave you 12 baskets. There was leftovers. There's 12 hours in a day. John 11 says, are there not 12 hours in a day? So he said, I've given you enough baskets to remember me every hour of your waking day. I'm fixing to preach, folks. I'm fixing to rear back and preach like, I had, like I've lost my mind. He said, I'll be your bread tomorrow, but you have to let me in your world today. Today, I'll give you strength. Everybody say every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. See, people wanted the miracle, but they didn't want the man. 
if you're going to pray for miracles, you need to fall in love with the man. If you want moments with him, you need to fall in love with the man. If you want to have a conversation with him in prayer, you need to fall in love with the man. We pray for miracles. We pray for moments. But we need to pray that the man will get in our lives and in our hearts. It's all about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Somebody help me preach right now. So he looks at his disciples and says, get in the boat and go to the other side. Let's go to the other side. The moment produced a miracle. The miracle produced a message. The message the answer. And the answer was this. There is another side to all your problems and solutions and issues. There's another side. What he was saying was, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you something just powerfully in a physical term. Get in the boat, go to the other side. And when they got in the boat, they got in the storm. But when he, when he saw this in the storm, he walked on the water to him, and Jesus walked to him. That's another story. But I want to declare something. When Jesus fed the 5,000 plus women and children, he told his disciples, go to the other side. Because I want to declare something to you. There's another side to John's passing. There's another side to the woes that we're going to feel in our life. There's another side to all these trials that we're going through. Oh, hallelujah. There's another side. And you may go through some rough waters getting to the other side. But if I put you in the boat, if I put you in the boat to take you to the other side, I'm going to be with you until you get to the other side. I am the miracle man. But don't fall in love with the miracle. Fall in love with the man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I lost my voice this week too. You can hear it. The crowd found Jesus. Watch this now on the other side. And after he had talked to them and spoke to them, they departed in John six sixty six. And Jesus asked the twelve, you also go away. And Peter said, Lord, where can we go? You have the words of eternal life. And I know that sometimes we just say words. And I think those might be more than words, but I just think sometimes Pete had some problems. And I think that just might have been words. And God was telling them, Jesus was telling them, I'm an everyday God. Give me some time every day. Give me your attention every day. Now, here's where I want to preach a little. And I'm going to close. I told you I was going to preach on grace this week, but God stopped me and said, I want you to preach grace the first of the year every Sunday of the month. I want to start my year with this church with grace. We preach grace all the time here. So first of the year, your pastor is going to be preaching every Sunday on this thing called grace. I think grace is something we all need in our life. Amen. Amen. And so, and so in a couple of chapters later, now you got to get this, a couple of chapters later, Jesus is once again with his disciples out in a desert place and the crowds have followed him and he turns to them and he says, they've been here three days. I want you to give them something to eat. And one of the disciples answered him and said, Lord, what's this now? What's this? It's been two chapters. Two. Maybe a week. Maybe a Sunday to a Sunday. Let's talk. Maybe a Saturday to a Saturday. Maybe a Wednesday to a Wednesday. I don't know. But it's the next time he does something special. He said, give them something to eat. And one of them said, Lord, we just have seven loaves and a couple of little old fish. I don't know if that's enough. 
Huh? Can, can, can you get it better than the disciples got it? Can you get a grip on this thing? Folks, when he did two miracles, when he said something twice, when he had a double indemnity, when he had a double anointing on something, it was because he wanted you to get it and never lose what he's doing. Because if he says, I'm the bread of life, he means I'm the bread of life. If he says, I'll be with you, he means I'm going to go with you. I want to preach right now. And, he, and, he, and, and the Bible said he fed 4,000 men plus women and children. And then a few verses later, they got on the boat and the Bible said they didn't have any bread. Can, can you go through a service after a service? I know I sound like I'm fussing at you, but I'm really not. Can you go through service after service and hear about the bread of life and hear about Jesus being your friend and hear about Jesus being the way maker and hear about somebody helping you through your trials and then you go home and say, wow, what am I going to do? It's Wednesday. Give me that loaf of bread. Give me that loaf of bread. Give me that loaf of bread. Hallelujah. You got to get some bread in your life. You've got to get some bread. You've got, to pack the, you've got to pack your bread in your life. Come on. You've got to carry this thing like a football. You've got to say, Jesus is my daily bread. He is my hope. He's my, he's my dream come true. He's everything I need in life. It's time for people of God. It's time for people of God to quit whining at God and claim the promises of God. And say, no, not today. I will have the bread of life in my heart. I read about an old boy that taught school in special needs classes. And he also has got like a TNT academy. And he taught school. And he also taught faith in that school. And he taught those kids how to fix things. And then he taught them faith. And one of those little boys that was kind of simple came to school one day after those lessons he'd been teaching. And he came to school and he brought, a, he, he brought the toaster that he had fixed because it had been broken. And under his other arm was a loaf of bread because he believed that toaster was going to cook that bread. Some of us need to understand that Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Give us this day our daily bread. He's not going to leave you one day alone by yourself. Because you don't feel good in your spirit doesn't mean that he's not there with you. Because you don't feel right about the situation doesn't mean he's running away. He'll never run away from you. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But I'll go with you always, even to the end of the world. He is your bread today. And I'd like to give this away to somebody, but I've messed it up. But Jesus don't mind if you mess him up a little bit. He loves being your daily bread. Come on. He loves being your daily bread. It was said, it was said that Michelangelo went into one of his school students' classes one day. And he had a special kid that knew how to really paint well and how to, how to sculpt well. And he walked over to one of his paintings. And he wrote one word on that boy's painting. He wrote amplius, amplius, which a word means make it bigger, make it bigger. There's some people that when you leave church, you have a God this big and you have expectations about this big. Why don't you expect more than you've ever imagined in your life this fall? 
Amen. I want to ride on your picture, Amplius. I want you to understand that God is bigger than anything you'll ever face in your life. We had some cancer situations handled this week. Brother John McDaniel got a, a, a clear report. He was facing, he was facing all, hey, 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 God's big, God's big, God's big. Oh, yeah, we lost some people this week, but they're on the other side. We're not talking about that. We're talking about your troubles, your trials, your situation. I want to preach to you just for about two more minutes. You don't need to walk out of here with little bitty faith. You need to walk out of here with great big faith. And say, whatever you say, God, whatever it is, I'm going to have, I'm going to have bread on my boat when I go into the storm. Corey Ten Boom went through the Holocaust during the war and lost her family, her mom and dad and one of her siblings. And she lived to tell about it somehow by some kind of unbelievable way. She got released from that, from that, from that place, from that horrible dungeon of, 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 of death and later she she was telling her story and she talked about her father Randy if you'll help me I appreciate it she talked about her dad and she said my dad was such a special guy and said when I would when I would go catch the train when he would take me to the train station she said I would always wonder where's my ticket daddy where's my ticket said my daddy never gave me my ticket before I got to the station He didn't just load me down with a ticket in my pocket because he knew I would lose it. He knew I was a kid and I would walk away from it. But when we got to the station and the conductor said, I need your ticket, my dad would pull it out of his pocket and give it to the conductor through my hands. said, I got to give my ticket away on the days that I, I rode the train because dad was always there when I needed my ticket. I want to declare something to you. Some of you hadn't been through a holocaust in your life. You haven't. But I will declare to you that God is waiting on you at the train station. And you, when you get ready to take your ticket, he's going to be there to give it to you, to give it to the conductor. Because he's never going to leave us without. He's never going to leave us without. And if I can get anybody in this church to believe that, if I preach faith this big, I don't want you to walk out with faith this big. I want you to walk out with huge faith. Jesus gave two miracles, almost simultaneously, almost identical. And yet, the disciples never got it. Christian Life Church, it's time to get it. It's time to get it. Come on, clap your hands. It's time to get it. It's time to get it. It's time to understand that if God is for me, who can be against me? Come on, clap your hands real big. And so here we are, the fall of the year dark days America has got a lot of hatred there's some dark times it's the fall of the year it's a unique time for the church it's the fall of the year it's a special time for your family and I believe with all all my heart that God's wanting us to walk out of here saying I'm going to take my bread now I don't want you to do it physically but I'm just I'm giving you something here just as a, as a symbol I'm going to take my bread everywhere I go because the bread of life is what I need to make it through life I'm going to take Jesus everywhere I go everything I do is going to be about him amen Paul said I want to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified so we're going to worship Jesus around here we're going to honor him 
and visitors, if you're new in the house today, I thank you for coming. And this works for you also. Let Jesus in your world. Let Jesus have a moment with you. He'll produce a miracle that'll give you a message forever in your life. Can we stand to our feet all over the building right now? What a joy to preach the gospel. If you receive it, clap your hands in the Lord. Amen. Clap your hands in the Lord. There's an old song. There's an old song. I don't even know if Randy knows it, so I'm just going to start singing it a cappella. I don't know if he knows it. We used to sing it when I was a kid. It goes something like this. He's all I need. He's all I need. Jesus is all I need. He's all I need. He's all I need. Jesus is all. I need, sing it now, he's all, repeat it again now, oh, he's all I need, Jesus is all I need. I want you to come and stand right here and I'll bless you in the name of the Lord and the rest of you just stay with us just a moment I'm going to bless these that come I'm going to bless these that walk down here today this is not a saint center call this is just a blessed call today if you want to be blessed by the hand of the Lord make a step forward and say I want something from God today that's all it's about it's just taking that step it's learning to take that step and we're taking that step today amen I love you very much I love you folks very much you know that Wednesday night, we're going to talk about how I know that I'm saved. But today, today, we're going to walk out of here with the bread of life in our hearts, for He is our daily bread. Amen. Would you lift your hands and surrender to Him, not to a pastor, but to God Almighty. Dear Father, in the name of the Lord, I bless these precious people today. I bless them today in the name of the Lord. God bless homes, bless marriages, bless lives. God bless people that have been have been hit this week. Bless people that have been hurt this week. Bless people that have been under it this week. Bless people, God, that didn't know how to get on top of it this week. Bless them, God. Help them, God. Strengthen them, God, in the name of the Lord. Let a peace that passes understanding be in their hearts and their lives. And let them know without a shadow of a doubt that you're going to walk with them. You're going to be an everyday Savior, an everyday Savior, an everyday Savior. And God, let them, let them cry grace to their mountain. Let them say grace to that mountain. And that mountain will become a plain. Hallelujah. And they'll plant a crop on that plain. And they'll reap a crop because, God, we're going to put a tombstone on that mountain. And we're going to call it a plain. And it's going to, it's going to reap and it's going to produce for us in the name of the Lord. There's no mountain too tall that you can't help us. There's no valley too low that you can't help us. There's no problem too big that you can't comfort us. Help us right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. 
Be a friend to us. Be a friend to us. Let us receive what has been produced here today by the word of the Lord. For it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Say in Jesus' name. And now pray with me. Dear Father, I love you today. Wash me. Cleanse me. Help me. Strengthen me. Let me go in faith. Let me believe that you are my bread of life. And you're my daily bread. And I don't have a problem that you can't help me with. I don't have an issue that I can't overcome with you. I don't have a situation I can't get through with your assistance. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now clap your hands and receive it right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Clap your hands and receive it right now. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, don't go to a store and buy you some bread, but put your bread under your arm here. And let's have, let's have a bread week, all right? Let's know that God's with us every day. I love you. See you Wednesday night. You're awesome.